Liam shared this last week, and I want to pick up there. Uh, just uh, before I do, just real quick, one of the themes from the equip that many of us were at uh, a couple weeks ago was just about recognizing that there is uh, an opposition and that we're involved in spiritual warfare. And sometimes we can forget that. And uh, I was realizing afterwards that the devil doesn't really want a spirit-filled church full of life. He does everything he can to stop that. Now, in spiritual warfare, we're not charging down darkness with torches and pitchforks, as Tim said the other night. I thought it was a great expression. We're actually recognizing that Jesus fights for us as we focus on him, but there is an opposition. And so uh, as you're praying, be aware of that. Psalm 78, Lord, open your word to us, teach us, speak to us today as only you can. Lord, we don't want to just be inspired or challenged. We want, we want to be changed and transformed and become more like Jesus. In whose name we pray, amen. Give ear, my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I open my mouth in a parable and utter dark sayings or mysteries which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his mighty, wonderful works that he has done. For he has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, children who might be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Yes, Jesus is calling. <laughs> but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle and did not keep the covenant of God. I want to follow up with what Liam had preached last week about not being uh, compromising with the culture not recognizing it hit me that in this, he speaks of this group, the children of Ephraim, and though they were armed and had everything they needed for battle, they simply refused to fight. And it just hit me how it's easy for us to do that. I want to speak to men today, not just fathers, but to all the men. Now, women, you can listen too because some of this stuff will actually be good for you as well. But I want to speak to men. Okay, so turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 16. The end of the, uh, the letter to the Corinthians, Paul writing, and he, this is the conclusion. He comes to the end of the letter. In this, he's dealt with 10 problems that the church has faced ranging from division to uh, sexual immorality to spiritual manifestations and even victory over death. 
And when it comes to the end, he kind of concludes, his ending is these five imperatives. Four of them have a very military significance. So let's read from verse 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, that all that you do be done with love. Those first four are said in a way that's almost like a drill sergeant shouting commands. And then he changes at the end. We'll get to that in a moment. But these five imperatives, watch, literally means be on the alert, be on guard. Don't get lulled into complacency. I believe the word of the the Lord for us today is men watch. Don't be lulled into some complacency. It's almost as if he's saying, be careful, the enemy's coming. Wake up. It's a call to arms. If you've ever watched any uh, military movies in the Navy, when there's something happening, there's an alarm and there's a Call to battle stations. That's almost what this is. Watch. Don't lay down your arms. And then he goes on and he says, stand fast in faith. And this is the concept of don't be intimidated. Don't be fearful as you see the enemy approaching. Don't be overwhelmed by the opposition. There is a standing fast not shrinking away. Can you picture these guys ready for battle? He's called them to attention. They rise up, they see the enemy, and they start retreating. And his command is stand fast. Don't retreat in the face of the opposition of the enemy. Don't shrink away. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, uh, entrust to faithful men That which you've received, entrust the faithful men who can teach others also. Faithful. Faithful is that concept of standing. Not pulling back. It's almost, reminds me of the uh, scene from movie Braveheart. Those of you who've seen that. Where William Wallace's ragtag army is standing there and the, the cavalry of the other guys is charging toward them. And... All the guys are there, their eyes are big, and William Wallace is standing there saying, hold, hold, hold. There's a call of God, stand firm. Don't run. Then it goes on and it says, be brave, which is interesting translation from the New King James Version, which is what I use. That word literally in Greek literally means be a man. Be a man. That's why I'm speaking to men. Women, you don't have to be a man. But it's still good. It literally is the concept of standing, not just standing, but standing for others. In Nehemiah chapter 4, Verse 9, the situation is that they're being faced with an opposition. 
Verse 9 says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. And then in verse 14, he says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Be a man. Stand and stand in the gap for others. It's easy to say, how do we do that? Daniel 11.32 says, they that know their God They that know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. They that know their God. How do we stand, not just for ourselves, but for others? As Tim said earlier, you can't do it on your own strength. The world says you can, and most of us realize that it's too big. And so some get overwhelmed with the task and they just check out. They say, I'm just giving up. Even though they're armed and carrying bows and swords, they refuse to fight. But he goes on and he says, be strong. Be strong. It literally means no compromise. It's an unbendingness. Unwilling to allow the enemy through. No, this far and no farther. How do we be strong? Again, not in our strength, but in his strength. Ephesians chapter 3. And verse 16 says this very clearly. And he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Strengthened through the, the power or the strength of the spirit. There's something of us recognizing that we're in partnership with God and allowing him to fill us. But that's only half of it. There's another half. And that's in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 14. He's writing to men and he says, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning, knowing God. I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. There is a strength that comes from the spirit and a strength that comes from the word of God abiding in us that we recognize the reality of what we're facing in the world. There is an onslaught against Jesus, against his church, and against his kingdom. The values of the kingdom are under attack. And if we're not aware of that, we easily get swept along in the tide of culture. As Liam said to us last week, 
we face this onslaught and pretty soon we become accustomed to it. And then if we're not careful, we become attracted. And from being attracted, I mean accepting, and from being accepting, we become attracted. And pretty soon we're adopting that and we're abandoning God. And it all begins with the first step back as the enemy assaults us. The first compromise. Be strong in the spirit's strength and the word dwelling in you. So it's almost as if he's declaring these commands to men. And then he says something interesting. Let all that you do be done with love. The imperatives are watch, stand firm, be brave, be strong. And then he says, but let. It's not a command. It's allowing the love of God to flow through you. I think he's saying this. When it comes to the opposition of the enemy, the powers of darkness, the strongholds of the enemy, we take a ruthless warfare stance and we don't give up. But when it comes to people, we're loving. All people. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We need to realize that we stand firm and ruthless, but not with people. There's something different that has to impact our hearts. I want to give you three applications for men today. They actually apply to all of us, but I said I was speaking to men, so. Three applications. One is read the Bible every day. How, do you, how does the word abide in your heart if you don't read what God has said? You are bombarded with the, the message of the, the uh, kingdom of darkness, with the, the values of the world every day. If you think that a simple 20 or 30 minute time on Sunday is enough to withstand that, you're missing out. Read the Bible. Secondly, speaking of men, worship. Worship. Don't withdraw. Don't slink back. Let me say this. Whether you can sing or not. I've met many, many men in my life who refused to, to sing because someone told them when they were in their teens, you have a terrible voice, don't sing. That's a lie of the devil. It's designed to stop men from worshiping. Worship is warfare. It is warfare that drives back the powers of darkness, but it's warfare in a way that keeps our focus on the glorious king and not on the enemy. Don't let the lie of the enemy rob you of one of your weapons. Don't lay it down. You've been given weapons. 
Now use them to fight. I'm, I'm quite intense today. I realize that. The third application. Pray. Pray. Stand in the gap. Intercession is standing in the gap for someone else. If you're anything like me, you need to be reminded to pray first. Years ago, I had a note I had written and stuck on the bulletin board above my desk, and it simply said, pray first. Because what I found that I did is that when faced with a problem, I would try and administrate my way out of it. I would try and organize my way out of it. I would try and teach my way out of it. I would try and, and uh, use willpower to get my way out of it. And when nothing else worked, I'd finally come down to, okay, maybe I should pray. And the Holy Spirit told me one day, why don't you actually start with that? So I simply wrote a little note, pray first. It's amazing, all the stuff I didn't have to do when I prayed first. We have a prayer meeting on Wednesday night this week. I'll invite all of you men, come along and join us if, if at all possible. Make it a priority to pray. Those three things will give you more warfare than almost anything. Let me read you an illustration. I got this from Steve Barr, who was here a few weeks ago. Uh, said this, years ago, there were two men. This is a few hundred years ago. Jonathan Edwards and Max Jukes. These two men lived about the same time and their family histories were traced for a certain number of generations. Max Jukes was a drunken criminal. Max had 1,026 descendants that they tracked. 300 were in prison, 190 were prostitutes, and 680 were alcoholics. Jonathan Edwards, on the other hand, had 929 descendants, which is a little bit less, 430 were ministers of the gospel, 86 university professors, 13 university presidents, 75 wrote good books, seven were elected to Congress, and one was a vice president of the United States. Tell me that generations are not affected by what we do. The father who curses God will produce a son that curses God. A woman who worships herself will produce a daughter who worships herself. If you have one godly parental example and one ungodly parental example, then children will usually side with one and either be godly or ungodly, following the traits of the one they choose to imitate. What we do doesn't just affect us. It affects our descendants after us. So Ephesians 6, 
and we'll get to the end here. St. Paul, writing to the Ephesians in, in chapter 10, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God's word today is finally, men, be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength, but in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't give up your armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand. And in the evil day, having done all, to stand, 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 withstand, stand. Why don't we stand up? Just because of all those stads words. I'm gonna ask Tim just to come, not the whole team, just Tim. I'm gonna ask you to do something that's a bit different. I'm gonna ask all the men here, if you would come to the front. You're not joining anything. We just would like to pray. Every man, if you'd come, come all the way to the front. Guys, there'd be more behind you, so crowd up here. We're going to sing a simple song, I I Speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. If you're a visitor, this is okay. Uh, We just want to pray for you, bless you. You don't have to uh, commit to joining us or anything. Uh, But as we sing this, I think there's something for us as men in just saying, I just want to speak the name of Jesus, that we're not going to give in to the, the culture. We're going to stand. The culture says, don't say Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. We're going to stand. Women, I'm going to ask you as we sing this that you sing it as a blessing over the men who are here. Okay? Let's just sing. I just want to sing the name of Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to to solidify. If you're a man and you've dropped your armor, pick it up again. If you've stepped back from the, the fight, step back up. If you've been compromised by the world, just turn. Let's let the Holy Spirit do what he's doing. There's something of God touching men across this state, but across this nation. Can we just sing this?